to The Ron Hall Show, where number one New York Times best-selling author, movie producer, and international art dealer will entertain and inspire you. Here's your host, Ron Hall. Hey, good morning to a very special edition of The Ron Hall Show on a beautiful Christmas Eve morning in Texas. As you know, this is where we share the meaningful that makes life beautiful. And you made life beautiful for me this past year by listening to our podcast because of all of you listeners and your comments and just being faithful listeners. You helped us achieve that status of new and on the uh, on the Apple podcast. So, but back to um, our show for today. A couple of weeks ago, I was visiting with my great friend of more than 30 years, Red Stegall. For those of you that don't know Red, you need to go back and listen to one of my early podcasts, which uh, uh, was actually one of the more popular podcasts that we've had so far. In fact, I think it is the most listened to of all of the maybe 25 that we have posted so far. The Red is the most famous living cowboy and, of course, my personal hero. He's done more than any person in history to keep the spirit of the cowboy way of life alive and well through his music, poetry, and, and his world-famous uh, cowboy gatherings. And treat yourself to something wonderful and memorable by attending one of his gatherings, like the one that the historic, uh, in the historic cattle yards of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, every October. But I wanted you to check out his website at redstegall.com and find out where the next event in your part of the country will be because these events are life-changing. And not only are they historically important because they remind us of all the things uh, that are wonderful about the cowboy way of life and it's still being practiced uh, on the big ranches all across America today. Now, back to the conversation we had a few days ago. Um, where we were kind of reminiscing about old Christmas traditions on the Texas ranches. And I have to say my buddy Red, he knows practically every rancher and cowboy in Texas. And he assured me that nothing much has changed in the cowboy way of life on those big ranches in the last 150 years. He told me and reassured me, and I know this because I have also been a privilege to uh, enjoy uh, many years in the cowboy way of life. But you know, a cowboy still lives by the code of the West, which is also a, one of Red's wonderful uh, poems. But a cowboy still uh, tips his hat to the ladies. He will answer a yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, no, sir. And, and he'll open and close the gate for you and let you water your horse first at the pond. And at Christmas time, unfortunately, not all the cowboys were able to see their families because like the wise men in the Bible who were keeping watch over their flocks by night, the cowboys are having to watch over their herds of cattle at night. Some of them are sleeping in dugouts and some of them are in just bedrolls on the ground. And I asked Red to um, recite from us for you listeners, uh, his favorite cowboy Christmas poem. And surprisingly, <laughs> it wasn't one of the more than 200 poems that he's written, but instead he wanted to recite one called A Cowboy Christmas Prayer 
by the all-time great cowboy poet, S. Omar Barker. Uh, S. Omar Barker was born in 1894 in a log cabin on a New Mexico ranch where he lived and cowboyed his entire life. I hope you'll enjoy listening to Red recite one of the most popular cowboy poems of all time, A Cowboy Christmas Prayer. I ain't much good at praying, and you may not know me, Lord. I ain't much seen in churches where they preach thy holy word. But you may have observed me out here on the lonely plains looking after cattle, feeling thankful when it rains, and admiring thy great handiwork, the miracle of grass, and aware of thy kind spirit and the way it comes to pass that hired men on horseback and the livestock that we tend can look up at the stars at night and know we've got a friend. So here's old Christmas coming on, reminding us again of him who's coming brought goodwill into the hearts of men. A cowboy ain't a preacher, Lord. But if you'll hear my prayer, I'll ask as good as we have got for all men everywhere. Don't let no hearts be bitter, Lord. Don't let no child be cold. Make easy beds for them that's sick and them that's weak and old. Let kindness bless the trail we ride, no matter what we're after, and sort of keep us on your side in tears as well as laughter. I've seen old cows a-starving, and it ain't no happy sight. Please don't leave no one hungry, Lord, on thy good Christmas night. No man, no child, no woman, and no critter on four feet. I'll do my doggone best to help you find them chuck to eat. I'm just a sinful cowpoke, Lord. Ain't got no business praying. But still, I hope you'll catch a word or two of what I'm saying. We speak of Merry Christmas, Lord. And I reckon you'll agree there ain't no Merry Christmas for nobody that ain't free. So one thing more I'll ask you. Lord, just help us what you can to save some seeds of freedom for the future sons of man. Oh, man, oh, man. I tell you, listening to Red recite that poem caused a bullfrog-sized lump in my throat. This poem was probably written 75 to 100 years ago, and the last two lines I want to repeat because they are more relevant today than ever. So one more thing I ask you, Lord, just help us what you can to save some seeds of freedom for the future sons of man. Beautiful, beautiful lines. So meaningful to me and should be and hopefully to all of you as well. You know, two of my all-time favorite books by Red Stegall, one is called Born to This Land, and the other one is The Fence That Me and Shorty Built. <laughs> I wish you would get copies of both of them and read every word, because not only will they inspire you, but they'll make you want to be a cowboy. And in talking about Texas ranching Christmas traditions, Red and I agreed on many things, and uh, here are just a few. Number one, there was never a store-bought tree that was ever seen inside of a Texas ranch house. In fact, a couple of months before Christmas, and this was, of course, after the fall roundup, the cowboys would ride and check the fences, and in the pastures, they'd start eyeing a certain cedar tree. And, uh, of course, they always had the missus in mind, one that she would uh, 
love to have in the house and, and decorate. And so a week or so before Christmas, they'd go together and chop it down, throw it in the back of a pickup or strap it on the back of a pack horse if the country was too rough to drive. And the whole family then would make popcorn garlands longer than a rope and tie ribbons and bows and hand-sewn decorations on it. There was always uh, plenty of mistletoe in the trees and the cowboys would, would tack some above every door in the house and barn hoping to get a few little extra Christmas kisses. The wreaths uh, that were hung on the front door were always made from old rusted coiled up barbed wire. And you add an old spur or a worn out boot, some red ribbons, you would have the prettiest wreath ever. Grandma always made a fruit cake with the fruit that had been uh, picked in the summer and stored in jars in the root cellar. Not sure many of you have ever been down a root cellar, but I sure have. And of course, a hog was always slaughtered for the festivities and homemade sausage and pork tamales were the most delicious things that came out of that hog. In the smokehouse, uh, many of you don't even know what a smokehouse is, but it was actually a separate building. Every ranch had one and it always had smoke coming from a wood burning fire. It was never ending. And there was always every kind of meat that you could imagine hanging from the rafters, especially a big old Tom Turkey on Christmas Eve. Of course, most of the gifts uh, were homemade like a chair or in a bench crafted from a stripped cedar post. But anything that was store-bought, I can guarantee you, came from a Sears catalog. <laughs> one time, I can't believe this, but once my grandfather gave my grandmother for a Christmas present 100 brand new baby chickens uh, that uh, he ordered from the catalog, and somehow they were delivered to the tiny post office in Barry, Texas. I went with him to pick up those little uh, chirping yellow little balls of fur, and happily I'll report that most of them had survived. On our family ranch, which was really just more of a farm than a ranch, I'd have to say, uh, it didn't really have a name. We just kind of called it the old home place. But my granddaddy, we called him Pawpaw. He would give all the grandkids a big old box wrapped in colorful paper with big wide ribbons and bows. And we'd have to dig through that big old box that was filled with old wadded up newspapers and pages from the Sears catalog to finally get to the bottom where we would find something that was very often pretty disgusting. And that would be like a pig ear or a foot or a tail from that hog he had just slaughtered for the festivities. We would be squealing like, Paul, Paul, why did you do this? Why did you give us this? <clears throat> but then the real presents would magically appear and they were always a, a new pair of Justin cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, like a 10 gallon, usually a white hat, not white, but you know, kind of, we call that the silver belly color. And every once in a while we'd get a black one. But we always had a new cowboy shirt, 
lot of times we would have fringe on it or hand-sewn embroidered flowers and uh, something that my mama had made from a, a feed sack. And most of you don't realize that back in those days, chicken feed and some of the other feed that you fed the animals came in some very colorful sacks. And it was from those chicken feed sacks that the ladies would sew their dresses and shirts for the men and little clothes for the kids. So one Christmas, uh, Papa gave me and John, my brother, a pair of boxing gloves. And after we opened them, we jumped in the bed of his back of his pickup truck and he drove us into town where several of the other cowboys were waiting for us. It seemed like the dads had all gotten together and came up with what they thought would be an exciting Christmas morning. And they had all bought their sons, uh, cow, uh, not cowboy boots, they, they had all bought their sons boxing gloves as well. And so that morning they pulled all their pickups and formed kind of a circle, somewhat like a, a boxing ring and put us boys out there in the circle. We had to fight every kid in town on Christmas morning. I tell you that kind of behavior probably land them in jail today, but boy, what a memory that was for us. Many years later, inspired by Red's famous poem called Born to This Land, I wrote my first poem in 1995. It's about my grandfather, Jack Brooks. He was a cowboy and more importantly, he was a great American. He's always been my hero and the man who shaped my life. I spent every school holiday and three months every summer as his sidekick until he died in 1962. And then I went off to college the next year. I hope you'll enjoy my first poem that I call Boots Too Big to Fill. I'm dedicating this to the memory of my grandfather who spent his entire life as a cowboy. He never missed a Sunday, always sat in the same pew at that little country church in Barry, Texas. But on this cold January day, I was sitting at his place, just wondering if the pain ever passes. It was just country folks from Blooming Grove, Barry, and Cryer Creek, all squeezed together, some standing in the back, here to pay their last respects to a friend and fellow cowboy. I called him Pawpaw, but they knew him as Jack. The kinfolks all came, most had grown up around here, and some had moved to faraway places. And the stories we told were like salve on a wound, putting smiles on tear-stained faces. Singing the old rugged cross, one of his favorite hymns, helped ease the weight of this load. Then my heart started warming from good times remembered at our old home place, just a mile down the road. That old farmhouse was real special to me. That's the place where I was born. My grandmother delivered me there without any help. The doctor was fighting a fire at Pawpaw's barn. And I remembered Christmases there, especially one about 15 years ago. It was my favorite. As best I can recall, I was just barely four years old. On Christmas morning, Pawpaw woke us up early, just like my brother John and I hoped. 
Get up, buckaroos. It's time to go out and ride your presents that I went out this morning and roped. Oh, we weren't sure exactly what he meant because Papa was always a teasing. But you could bet we'd do anything he asked because we loved him and wanted to please him. So we crawled out from under a pile of warm covers and our long johns we backed up to the fire. He gave us some new acne boots and laid out two cowboy shirts that my mother had sewn and embroidered with care. Then, keeping tradition, we opened the big box pig ear present and were surprised to find two 10-gallon hats. Now get dressed, cowboys, because you've got two more presents. The corral is where they're at. We ran down to the barn just grinning like possums. Not sure what this jokester had in mind, I can tell you for sure, we were looking for ponies, but ponies we didn't find. See those young steers? The muley is yours, and the one with the horns is John's. Now, if y'all can ride them, you can have them. When they're fat, I'm going to sell them. But will the money be yours or mine? Wow. Those young steers to us looked like Brammer bulls but the thought of money helped our fears subside. When Pawpaw said, it'll probably be about $100, we grinned and said, let's ride. My uncles held the muleys as I climbed on. I guarantee you they were having fun. But when they turned him loose, he started bucking. Boy, that steer could run. And I hung on that critter and dang near rode him to a stop at the amazement of Pawpaw and Daddy. Then John got his turn and the first jump out of the chute, he did a belly buster in a fresh cow patty. He got up balling, covered hats to boots and green. And Pawpaw was laughing so hard he was holding his side. This is just one of the memories that helped me get through the day that my granddaddy died. Another time I remembered I was scared plumb to death when stopped by the highway patrol. I'm not gonna ask for your license, young man, cause I can tell you only about eight years old. Plus I think you must be Jack Brooks's grandboy, cause you look like him and you're driving his truck. And if I didn't need him to work my cattle next week, son, I'm afraid you would have run out of luck. Aw, oh, and the sickest I ever was is when I stole a cigar from Hub Bush and I turned it into my first chew. And I'll never forget the whipping I got for painting the chicken house baby blue. But I laugh when I think that he threw me in a stock tank just to see if I could swim. And barefooted, chopping cotton with blistered hands, just trying to keep up with him. Oh, there was nothing better than Momo's hot rolls, her cobblers, and fried chicken and greens. In the morning, she'd wring the necks off those birds, milk cows, and make her a freezer of ice cream. Boy, how I loved the feel of that new straw hat from Woodruff's store he bought me the first day of each summer. For three months, I'd ride, rope, drive tractors, and haul cattle. The pay wasn't much but worth millions to me just to sit 
for a day in his saddle. Heck, I could go and remember a thousand of these tales. Like the Christmas morning, he gave us boxing clubs, and we had to fight every kid in town. Or the time he made me punch Mr. Cummins in the nose at the auction sale for talking bad about Pawpaw's cows. But the tears started rolling as the preacher closed the coffin and said, we're going to bury him out at Rose Hill. This cowboy's passing won't make the Sunday paper, but I can tell you his boots are too big to fill. Papa's been with the Lord now for more than 30 years. Mama's in heaven too. The farm was sold. I drove by there last week and I noticed the chicken house is still blue. He made my life rich, but not with money, of course, because he was just an old cow poke. But I still remember his khakis, his boots, his one Sunday suit, the way he smelled and how he loved to play jokes. He taught me things that you don't learn in school, like being hardworking, honest, and true. He never had no use for lawyers and contracts. His word and his handshake would do. And as I sit here and ponder about this humble cowboy and farmer, I realize he led a remarkable life. He made a living doing what he loved the most, raised four good kids and had just one wife. These memories of the farm with Mama and Papa inspired me to buy a little ranch. I don't know if my grandkids will like it, but I sure want to give them a chance. Heck, I've already bought them some boots and hats and those little buckaroos aren't even born. But when they finally get here, I'm going to rope them a calf so they can ride it on Christmas morning. I hope you enjoyed that, my poem, which was actually my first poem. Like I said, I wrote in 1995. Well, I was in my mid-30s, and I'm telling you, I had this great longing to buy a ranch. And for more than five years, I visited more than 100 ranches that were for sale. And then the last one I visited, we named it Rocky Top. Our first Christmas there was in 1990. And for the first few years, I was trying to keep the cowboy uh, tradition alive. So Debbie and I went out and cut a cedar from the pasture and strung a popcorn garland. But apparently we cut it too soon. And by Christmas Eve, I mean, it was dead. and All the leaves and green had fallen to the ground. So we had to cut another one. We had a great Christmas Eve tradition that we did for many years at Rocky Top. We would have a wild game dinner with everything that we had shot, including deer, turkeys, hogs, and quail. And it was always with the Davenport family from Fort Worth. And always a kid's talent show and a reenactment of the Bible story to end the Christmas Eve night. And because I ended up with four granddaughters, and their parents didn't think it was a good idea that I roped them a calf and put them on the back of a calf on Christmas morning. I never got to uh, relive the tradition that my grandfather started with his grandkids. So, but I hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane of uh, Christmases on Texas ranches long ago. 
Heck, telling these uh, stories, I almost feel the wind in my face while riding in the back of Pawpaw's 53 Chevy pickup. And be happy I spared you the sound of a bawling calf and the smell of a fresh cow patty dropping on the ground in a corral on Christmas morning. But thanks for listening, and please remember to subscribe and comment if you like this special edition of the Ron Hall Show. And now I'm fixing to do something for you that the devil ain't never done for you. I'm going to cut you loose. Till next time, happy trails and vaya con Dios, my friends. Well, I'll tell you about life is grand, life is great, life is good, life is beautiful. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and please share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.